Here's Elliott side by side down the back stretch. Castine in turn one drives it in deep to the bottom. Problems along the front stretch. Kyle Larson gets sideways. He's young. He's informed. He's JC Fickenshire. And it's time now to raise the door on JC's Garage. Hi, welcome to JC's Garage. I'm JC Fickenshire, joined by David Stiles. William Byron's goes back to back. He wins Phoenix in Las Vegas. Ends the West Coast swing with two big bangs, but a little bit more news on the Hendricks side. A lot of a uh, lot of a lot of talk about with Hendrick this week. We we talked about him a lot last week. They had a great week at Las Vegas. Come to uh, Phoenix and and do kind of the same thing um, with William Byron and uh, Kyle Larson leading and and dominating majority of the race. But all I think all four cars were penalized with Hendrick besides the nine car due to Josh Berry driving it. There would be no penalty to it, but um, due to some improper adjustment to the car, uh, the four Hendrick cars have been uh, penalized and big penalties for those teams. Also, I think Colleague Racing um, and Justin Haley in the 31 car was penalized and Denny Hamlin was penalized for an incident with Ross Chastain. So the the uh the Ross Chastain Denny Hamlin um battle keeps going. We'll we'll see that go through this year as well. And I want to get your whole thoughts on the weekend, David. Yeah, it was an interesting race. Uh, come down to the end of it, I thought Kevin Harvick. I I was like, man, I'm going to look really good when we do the show next week. Mm-hmm. I picked Harvick to win. He's in the lead. He had a very strong long run machine and then we had an incident and a caution came out for Harrison Burton and it needed to I mean he spun by himself hit the wall right tire went down debris everywhere the caution needed to come out it wasn't one of those incident mm-hmm. incidents where we were thinking should they have thrown it should they not have thrown it 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 was definitely warranted but again yeah. two two races kind of back to back where there wasn't a whole lot of wrecking or demolition derby mm-hmm. style racing pretty much they got strung out and then if you had a long run car it was very easy for you to drive to the front but again hendrick very strong william byron kyle larson led most of uh you know the that race even though harvick um was leading there at the end kyle larson led 201 laps of this thing so again the chevy's looking very strong and they took two tires they took a gamble so in that last caution pit stops harvick was leading he came in pitted ahead of william byron and kyle larson and both of those machines took two tires and harvick took four and then he kind of got marred back in the pack couldn't really drive back to the front even though we had another overtime finish because of another wreck there late he just couldn't get back to the front he got stuck in maybe the what the third fourth row and yeah with phoenix like we were saying last week they drive all the way to the left to the bottom of that track and mm-hmm. you can go four or five wide and when that happens you know there's no real real estate for you to move up everyone's just going to dive bomb into that corner and william byron got a pretty good shove there at the end of uh, of that race by tyler reddick and that really kind of pushed him to the front and once he got a lead that was pretty much it his car yeah. was you know on a rail when he had clean air and so he got back to the front led 64 laps and uh finished first and second in both the stages really just another dominating win for him and we got to see the uh what is it the noggin boss i guess you could say yeah. those really big hats <laughs> in victory lane so that's that's really cool but aside from that you mentioned it in your intro the penalties i think this is the biggest 
penalty that a team has had to pay at one time. And it's for something mm -hmm. that I would <laughs> never thought that we would be talking about these louvers. <laughs> so the louvers on these cars apparently were uh, doctored up a little bit and all four machines were found, including Justin Haley's, like you said, the nine not penalized were found to be, uh, tampered with and so what is it a hundred drivers points a hundred owners points and a hundred thousand dollars i think is what it taxied up to be that may not be completely uh, right, i that think sounds it's right a hundred team points and uh and driver points so 100 team and driver points and 10 playoff points lost the nine car is penalized the crew chief of the nine car is gets a hundred thousand dollar fine and that's with all crew chiefs but the nine car doesn't get the penalty of the hundred po team points and hundred driver or they get the hundred team points i think but not the hundred driver points due to josh barry driving driving the car yeah that makes sense so yeah you're right a hundred a hundred owner points and ten playoff points and then a hundred points for Alex Bowman, Kyle Larson, and William Byron, and Justin Haley. The same mm -hmm. applies to Haley as well with uh, with that colleague team in the 31. So uh, to me, I mean, they that's an L2 penalty. I mean, it was put out pretty plainly in the rules last year when we went to this car that if you were, you know, you have these different severities of penalties, and if you're found to be, you know, in – infracting upon those then this is what will be levied so i mean you do the crime you pay the time and i don't really think it's going to hurt them that much uh they were still very dominant and i could see you know larson bowman and byron winning more races this year so what i, mm -hmm. I mean what do you think you think this puts them behind the eight ball or anything uh the only scenario i think that hurts them is you you look at where they're sitting at in points now we're early into the season so the the differential of points between driver to driver isn't a whole lot but like William Byron who has two wins is in 29th in points right now which due to that 100 points loss is not not good you're you're sitting down behind definitely but you have a ton of races to get back back up involved uh the the point that I see could hurt them a little bit is uh the crew chief suspension I think they lose their crew chiefs for two to four races it's something like that which it is not good for for those teams i think uh especially kyle larson and um and uh gosh josh barry rudy fugel and william byron all those crew chiefs at hendrick are are really good with their drivers they've been good together for the past couple of years ever since they've they've been linked up and i think that connection between driver and crew chief getting lost is not gonna not gonna be easy for them to get through these next couple races um, but we'll see as the season goes on. It's it's not a huge it's a huge penalty, but it's not in a important part of the season. You get it off early, you have a lot of time to recoup. If they got this in the middle of the summer, um, and and they were sitting mid midfield and points, it wouldn't be easy for them to recover, especially for guys who you could say Kyle Larson, Alex Bowman, who has at this point don't have wins. But there's so much time that they can they can get wins and, and get points and. I don't think it's going to set them back a whole lot, but it'll be interesting to see how they handle the next couple of weeks. Yeah, I mean, without this penalty, Alex Bowman would have been your point leader. So, mm -hmm. I mean, he went from 154 points to 54 points. So, I mean, it. <laughs> I mean, that's that's absurd. But I mean, when you modify the part, and just to be clear, uh, these were hood louvers, so they're air vents mm -hmm. on the front of the car, and 
from NASCAR's notes, they definitely said that they were tampered with. So when you're giving yourself that competitive edge, I mean, you, like I said earlier, you paid the crime, you've got to do the time. Now this other penalty with Denny Hamlin and Ross Chastain, (laughs) I, it's, I almost just shake my head. I mean, there's really nothing I can say other than, you know, Denny said some things on his podcast that he probably should have kept private. And then this would not have happened. Mm -hmm. He, in mixed words, paraphrasing, basically said, I realized that we were going to finish outside of the top 10. I looked over and saw Ross was there beside me and thought, well, if I'm going to have a bad day, you're going to have a bad day. And I just let go of the wheel and we, and I ran him into the wall is basically what he said. So, I mean, it's, (laughs) I I don't understand it. How do you defend it? I mean, you 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 basically admitted it. Yeah, I don't I don't understand it because at the point of the race that he did this, there was a couple laps to go. But both Denny Hamlin and uh, Ross Chastain were right around the top 10. I think Ross Chastain might have been in the top 10, 10th or 11th place. But obviously, both of them were close together. I don't know. I don't understand why Denny Hamlin did this. I think the whole Ross Chastain, Denny Hamlin, um, situation had kind of died down since last year i know they had a little bit of a uh problem in the clash i'm pretty sure it was but other than that i i think both of them had kind of parted ways i don't understand why denny hamlin went out to phoenix and decided i'm i'm in 12th place i don't think i can pass any more drivers i'm gonna just wreck him like i don't understand why he did it i i don't understand what the point of it was just it doesn't make sense. I think messing with Ross Chastain, nothing's really going to get into his head. I don't think no matter what you do, he's he's not going to change his driving style. He's still going to be really aggressive. He's going to do the things he's always done. He's going to fit his car. And if there's a spot and he thinks he can fit it, he's going to try it. It's, I, I just think this was a, a dumb decision by Denny Hamlin. And then to admit it on your podcast uh, and post it on social media – it it doesn't make sense. So he has a big penalty himself. He's fined a, a, a bunch of money and loses some some uh, playoff points, I think. I, it just doesn't make sense in the long term. But I, I guess we'll see this Ross Chastain, Denny Hamlin thing go on a little bit more. And if I'm Ross Chastain, I'm not going to really react to this. I, I'm just going to go on to the next race. Now, I'm not going to think any different of the way I'm going to race him. I'm just going to race him how I had raced him the last couple races. So it, it's interesting Denny, what Denny had done and what he says about it. it. I just don't get the point of it. Yeah, it's it's almost like he forgot that that conversation would be posted and people would hear it. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like, I just don't understand. And then you lose 25 points. And you lo- and he is fined fifty thousand dollars for basically the the penalty that he broke is basically using your race car as a as a weapon basically is what yeah. the is what the rule is is it with intentional harm to cause someone else damage or knock them out of the race you're you're intentionally wrecking someone is what mm-hmm. what the penalty is and for him to just admit it I think if he had not have said anything no one would have thought anything else about it it just seemed like. You know, he may have gotten a little loose and they ran into the wall and they even, you know, they talked to one another after the race was over and both of them were very, you know, there wasn't any punches thrown. 
mm-hmm. were very just professional about it and they moved on. And, and I agree with you wholeheartedly. Ross is not going to change. Ross Chastain will not change his driving style. That is who he is. He's, he, he's very much like Joey Logano. They're not out there to make friends. They're not out there to play nice. If he thinks that he can gain a position on somebody and he has to fit his race car in a tiny hole, he will do it. I mean, he's going to try yeah. to get every position that he can. And that's what makes him an exciting race car driver to watch. And that I think that's why Justin Marks has him on that team is because he's an aggressive driver and he's willing to do whatever it takes to win. And that's what mm-hmm. all these drivers have to be. But for Denny just to say, you know what, we're going to have a bad day, so I'm just going to take him out. It makes no sense to me. Like, why yeah. not just finish where you're going to finish and and let that be that? But instead, you're going to wreck someone else, lose a number of points, and then admit it, and then lose even more points and have a fine. It, it It's yeah. just, to me, there's no other way to sum it up than it's just a boneheaded move, and I don't understand at all. I mean, if he had just kept his mouth shut, he would have been perfectly fine no one would have thought anything else of it yeah but that's pretty much everything that happened in phoenix i mean 200 and you know one laps led by kyle larson and then we thought that kevin harvick was going to win there at the end and then it just didn't materialize but i'm looking forward Mm -hmm. to atlanta and there's a a few things with this track that have that has changed they've changed the pit entrance and it could get really hairy. I was talking yeah. to some people today, and, and they're thinking that if you pit under green while the race is still going on, that you could lose up to two laps easily. Mm-hmm. It's it's going to be interesting to see how it plays out. Obviously, the uh, new pit, en- pit entry line is off off of turn two on the backstretch going into turn three. So they're going to have to come out of turn two, um, slow down, get to the apron of the track, and get on the apron of turn three, and then be at pit pit, pit road speed going into turn three, basically. So they're going to be at pit road speed for over half the track. It's going to be um, a very slow pit pit time from when they enter that line do the pit services and get out and get back onto the track. Um, I'm interested to see how it plays out because if a lone car pits there, they're going to lose at least two laps plus the draft maybe. Um, so it'll be kind of interesting to see what what goes on. I, I don't know what you think, but I think that it's, it's going to be very, very interesting to see if we see one car or two car or three cars go going for pitting and, and lose the group i'm not sure how how far behind they'll be because uh, the draft is also now very important in atlanta too to me i'm looking at this a couple different ways we had a lot of penalties in phoenix for speeding on pit road and it, it is also an arched pit road there at phoenix and now this one will be an arched pit road because of the way that you like you said you have to come on from basically the back stretch and get down and get to pit road speed before you cross that line entering into turn three. So it, man, I think we're going to see a lot of penalties. And if you have to do a pass through penalty, oh, you've already, my. you know, you've already pitted under green. You've probably lost two laps. Now you have to come back and do a pass through. You're so going to lose. You're going to be down five laps. laps yeah. Four or five laps. 
I mean, I don't know how you come back from that, but if I, we, yeah, but if the races continue to go how Phoenix and Las Vegas have been where, and I don't think that this will happen in Atlanta. I think we'll have some yellow flag pit stops mm-hmm. or, you know, yeah. they'll come down under caution and, and change tires and work on cars. But if it's not like that, and we have a couple of races like Vegas and like Phoenix, where we don't have a lot of cautions, and then these teams are having to pit either for gas or, you know, strategy wise, it could make it extremely difficult to keep up with where the leader is. And we may see a bunch of different strategies kind of get thrown at the wall where you may have someone just stay out and try to hang on for fuel mileage Mm -hmm. because everyone else has pitted and now they're two laps down. I mean, you're not going to go buy somebody twice. Mm -hmm. (laughs) There's no way you're going to unlap yourself for two laps. Like I don't, not at, not at this track, not at a, you know, mile and a half, I guess Mm -hmm. a hybrid, you know, super speedway race. Yeah. It's, it's its own kind of thing, I guess now. Yeah, and I just um, don't – it doesn't – I don't know. I mean – It's going to be interesting. I mean, it's hard to think about because also last year, this this new pitting line, the commit entry line, is part of strategy. And last year, we saw a lot of blown tires with the Chevys. So I'm, I'm pretty sure Goodyear is going to bring a different tire or uh, change it up a little bit for this race. But – who says a car stays out, tries, and keep track position if you're coming down to the end of the stage or and, and they pit during green, middle of the stage? How long can they run on tires? Because if you think about it, if a group comes down and one car stays out, he, he that car, that single car, might be able to get around the group that pitted once or twice, one and a half times uh, around. So by the time that big group catches the car if if that lone car that stayed out can catch the draft and stay in that pack how long will their tires be able to hang on uh before they have to come down and pit it's it's going to be really uh interesting i i I love when we have strategy and i think this is going to make a very interesting strategical race i think so and then we have to remember that this racing surface has only had what four races on it um, so, I yeah, mean, four or five, six races four, on it. Five, I mean, six, maybe. Yeah, yeah one truck I mean, race, I think. It's just now a year old, the racing surface, just mm-hmm. a little bit over a year. So th- your tire management is not going to be what it was in Las Vegas or, or Phoenix or even what it was at Auto Club where four tires was a must. I mean, it, mm-hmm. and that's kind of what got Harvick in trouble at Phoenix. He... He, they interviewed him and asked him why he didn't take two. And he said, well, I'd, if, if I come down, I always want four tires. He's like, yeah. I feel like four tires gives me more of an advantage. And I mean, Byron and Larson, they really did gamble by only taking two and it paid off for this weekend in Atlanta. The tires may not really be a big issue unless we run into something like you alluded to where these teams are trying these different air pressure, uh, numbers and that could potentially lead to right rear blown tires or left rear blown tires but we haven't seen a lot of that this year and the weather in atlanta is going to be very cool as well it's been very cool here in In the the 40s 50s yeah and so i think i think these things are going to play into this as well i mean when you 
for drag racing, you want a little bit cooler weather because then, you know, the engine and the track, it does a little bit more grip and you can go a little bit faster. But for mm -hmm. racing, you want all of the tire grip, mechanical grip that you can have. And when the track is not heated up to a certain level to let that rubber lay down, it can cause the racing surface to be very slick. And so mm -hmm. it, it may be one of those instances where the rubber does, doesn't adhere to the surface and then you know, it's not abrasive enough to wear the tires down. They may not take a whole lot of tires. It may be coming in yeah. and just getting a splash of gas and getting back out there as fast as you can without speeding on pit road. Because if mm -hmm. you have to do a pass through, like we said earlier, you may end up four five, six laps down. And then, mm -hmm. you know, how do you come back from that? I don't under, I don't know. And, and so I think this pit road entry is going to play a big role in the outcome of this race this weekend and 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 i'm like you i think this is going to come down to strategy and if you're looking at you know what gives you the best chance to do that hendrick is going to be without all four mm -hmm. of their crew chiefs so I yeah mean, it kind of puts them a little bit behind the eight ball even though william byron uh won at this race last year he's this defending race champion so mm -hmm. for his shot to go three in a row or back to back to back it's very up in the air. And, and I know I picked him at the beginning of the year on fast talk to be kind of this year's breakout driver. And he's been really good so far, but man, I don't know it. I, it's hard to pick now since all this stuff has kind of transpired. I mean, what are you thinking? Who, who do you like this weekend? I'm not asking for your pick yet. Yeah. But you're going to give me like four or five drivers to watch. Mm -hmm. Who are you thinking about? Uh, it's, it's going to be interesting. It's definitely, I think, uh, going to be play a lot in strategy. I think in practice, if you watch practice, if you watch it for a little bit, I think you'll see these drivers test their where they're going to have to start braking, where they're going to have to enter down to the apron to figure out the speeds to get down pit road. And I think you're going to want to see a solid crew chief and driver duo for this track. A lot of people are going to be solid at this race. It's it's going to be work your way around the draft. It's going to be a pretty even race. So I think you could have some underdogs come out. I, I like Corey LaJoy. He ran well here last year, almost won the, the uh, summer race at Atlanta um, on this pavement. I think he could do well in the drafting style. Bubba Wallace, he's always solid on the super speedways. Um, Kyle Busch, you can't write him off. He's been really good this year. Um, there's a lot of drivers that you could you could say. Um, Hendrick sweeped this race last year, but without any of their crew chiefs, it, it'll be interesting to see how they do. Um, it's it's going to be a, a good race to watch. There's a lot of drivers you can pick um, for this race. It's It's... This one's one of the hardest ones to pick a winning driver, I think, for this year due to the the changes with the track over the last year and, and the new surface we have. And it's it's still new to every driver and the fact that we've changed the commitment line and the best drivers at it last year are without their crew chiefs. It's going to be a fun race to watch, an exciting race. A lot of drivers have a chance to lock their playoff spot here that might not get one. I agree. And, and if, if I'm going to look at a, I'm going to give you about five drivers that I think people should watch out for coming into this weekend who are typically good super speedway racers. I think you should watch for Ricky Stenhouse Jr. Mm -hmm. Daytona 500 champion. He's very good at this style of track. I think you watch for Michael McDowell. He's also a Daytona mm -hmm. 500 champion. Very good on these, uh, 
super speedways. And to me, it's these smaller teams where this may be their only shot at getting a win. So I like those two guys. I like Corey LaJoy. You mentioned him. He's, he's pretty solid on these tracks. And again, this is what they feel like is probably their best shot to get a win. So watch out for them. Uh, you said Bubba Wallace already. I think Brad Keselowski, those RFK, mm-hmm. like that, that RFK thing. bunch has been doing really well uh, so far early in this year. They look completely different from last year. And, and he didn't have the finish that he wanted in Phoenix, but he was up in the mix pretty much all day. I mean, he finished very well in both of the uh, stages, ninth and fourth, and he, he led a lap. So he's been up there in the mix, and I, I think – that he could be someone to watch coming into Atlanta. He's he's been very good there in the past. Um, he's also a very good super speedway racer. So I I think those four guys I would watch out for. And then, like you said, Kyle Bush, he's almost had a recreation of himself at RCR. And I think he's probably the best driver on the circuit right now. So and a couple other little things before we get into this, we've got some big announcements as uh, Kimi Raikkonen will be at Coda. Jimmy Johnson will be at Coda. Well, Jordan Taylor will be at Coda. Um, what do you think about, you know, Jimmy coming on and running that race and then also the Coca-Cola 600? Yeah, I'm excited to see him run the 600. I think uh, he's he's had so much history at Charlotte Motor Speedway. He's won the Coca-Cola 600. He's dominated races like it. and He's dominated that race before. I think. It'll be fun to watch him give another shot at the 600. Um, going to Coda, I think he could be sneaky good at Coda. He's ne- he wasn't known as a road course uh, type of driver when he was in the Cup Cup Series, but a- after this past three years where he's done a lot in um, road racing, especially um, IMSA style racing, and he's done two seasons of IndyCar. Um, so I think he could be sneaky good at Coda, uh, just with the more more time on the road courses, road road style tracks, or street courses, road courses. I think he could be pretty solid if they give him a solid car. I'm excited for Kimi Raikkonen to join uh, Trackhouse again and and give that another shot. He uh, at Watkins Glen ended his day a little short, but he was he was around the top ten. He was working his way up. Um, I think at Coda he could it could be an exciting race for him if he stays alive. We we know what Trackhouse did there last year, so if he if he can keep that car clean and and have a shot at the end, he could be really good at Coda. And and I'm excited to see what Jordan Taylor can do in the nine car. Uh, Josh Berry got a top ten in it this week at Phoenix. Obviously, the car was a little tweaked um, uh, off the rules, but still impressive for for Josh Berry to. Get a top ten in his best finish in the Cup Series, uh, and his only his second race in a next gen car. So he'll he'll race Atlanta. Josh Berry will, but uh, Jordan Taylor will hop in a week after Atlanta and and give his go at Circuit of the Americas. I think it'll be fun watching those three drivers uh, give a go there at, at Coda. I think it'll be a challenge, and and some of these Cup Series drivers will probably be watching them around practice and qualifying, taking their lines maybe. Because uh, they they just have more hours, more more laps down at road courses. Yeah, and I think Jimmy's kind of getting ready for Le Mans. I think that's why he's signing up mm-hmm. for Circuit of the America. I mean, that's kind of one of his bucket list things. So I think the yeah. more time that he can get around a road course, the more laps that he can click off. I mean, that track's very similar. So I, I think that's a good thing. 
So, man, coming up on the end of a show here, JC. It's yeah. been been a lot of fun. If you're gonna pick one guy, who who are you watching this week? So I'm in a NASCAR pool out outside of the podcast. We pick drivers before the season starts. You you can pick one driver for each race, and you can only pick one driver twice. And it's split halfway through the season. So you do the first half and the second half. And based off my picks from earlier this year, uh, for, from before the year that I've picked for these races, they've been pretty good. I, I got Kyle Busch right at Auto Club, and uh, I, I picked Kevin Harvick last race. He, he had a top-five finish. And I'm I'm sitting in in pretty good spot on on that pool. So, based off of my list here, I I think I'm gonna go with the driver who's on my list because every one of them has finished in the top ten, uh, besides Daytona, which is kind of a a curveball. You you kind of just pick a driver and hope they finish the race. That could be the case with Atlanta, but I have Ross Chastain written down for Atlanta. I like the way he raced uh, both Atlanta races last year. I think he. With his aggressive uh, driving style, if Trekhouse gives him a, a fast car and clean air, I think he can get it done. I like it. I like Ross a lot. He's Well, he's very aggressive, and I think you'll have to be a little aggressive in this. To me, I think I'm going to pick um, – man, it's hard. This is, this is a hard, hard, hard decision to make mm-hmm. because I, I really want to go with my heart and say maybe Corey LaJoy gets his first win. But I don't know if it's going to happen. I would love to see that seven uh, cross victory lane or cross the start finish line in first place and go to victory lane. That'd be huge for that team and huge for him. Um, but I just, I don't think it's going to happen. I don't think it'll happen this weekend. To me, it's going to be someone who has a good crew chief, who has some good strategy, and who can make things happen. And he's been really good so far this year. And he's been really good at Atlanta in the past on the old configuration. I'm going to double down. I'm going to pick Harvick again. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that's against the rules, but I, <laughs> gonna... I don't. I don't think we can say that's against the rules. I think that's no. allowed. I think uh, I, I'll pick him in back-to-back weeks. He finished fifth last week. He's he's been knocking on the door to get a win. And he, and how do you get wins? You get looks at wins. You lead and, laps. Yeah. And so uh, to me, I think he, him, and Rodney Childers. They'll figure something out strategy-wise, and I think he's he's in a good headspace right now, and he seems to be kind of trending in the right direction. Even though he's getting ready to retire, I think he's still got something left in the tank. And he, if he locks himself in early, man, they could go on a run this summer. So I, I think Harvick gets it done in Atlanta. That's, that's who I'm picking. Yeah, I, I like that pick, especially – since after the penalties have been dished out to Hendrick, Harvick's now sitting leading the point standings. And uh, yeah, I think when you go to a track that the um, this, the driver and crew chief need to figure out a little bit of strategy, it's going to be a different style. I think Harvick's a good driver to pick. So going into this weekend, I think uh, we're going to have some good, good racing, really exciting racing down in Atlanta. Please Tune into that race and tune into the next show. Thank you, David, for joining me. I'm JC Fickenshire, and this was JC's Garage.